0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Monday, June the 5th, 2023, at 9.51 a.m. Central Time. Today's focus, an eye for an eye will make the whole world blind. An eye for an eye will make the whole world blind. Now, that's not specifically what I want you to focus on, but I thought it was a good way to start this episode of the Today's Focus podcast. And here's the reason why. If we live in a world where everyone is basically fighting one another and each person tries to go after them and then you go after them and, you know, an eye for an eye, you go after them and then they're going to come after you and you're going to retaliate and they're going to, and everyone's just going after each other. It's the end results are never going to be good. So if we can take the concept an eye for an eye, if everyone goes for an eye for an eye, well, everyone's just going to end up blind. It's not going to work out very well. It's going to be a horrible, horrible situation. It's just not going to be a good thing. Take that to the culture in which we live in 2023, where everyone seems to be running around thinking that, oh, no, 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 I don't like that. I want to ban it. I want to censor it. I want to cancel it. I want to get rid of this. I want to get rid of that. I want that removed. I want that removed. I want that removed. Well, if everyone does that, you're going to look around and this is what's going to happen. Well, we may not all end up blind, but guess what? I guess there's not going to be a store for anyone. Right. Because if you go after you're going to ban those businesses and then they ban your businesses, then who's going to have a business left? If you ban their books, they're going to ban your books. So you're going to have libraries with no books. You're going to have bookstores with no books. You're going to have I mean, I mean, everything is just going to be I mean, where where does it end? If you're going to cancel that, then they're going to cancel this. And then, I mean, at some point you look around and you've canceled everything. You've silenced everyone, including yourself. See, an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. Well, if you boycott and they boycott, and if you ban and they ban and you censor and they censor, then we're going to look around and what's going to be left. I say this all the time. The rights that you take away from others are rights you are taking away from yourself. The rights you demand for yourself are the rights you must give to others. If you try to take away someone else's rights, I am at some way shape or form you're only taking away your own Rights and I and it's like nobody is paying any attention to this in 2023. Everyone just wants to yell and scream and ban and fight and like, oh, you come after our stuff, we'll come after your stuff. Oh, you want to silence us, we'll silence you. And so we're gonna look around, and everyone is going to be blind. It's just I I, I don't know how to wake anyone up out of this madness that we find ourselves. We've we had, you know, let's go after Bud Light. Now let's go after Target. Now let's go after Kohl's. Let's go after Disney. Now, oh, let's go after Chick-fil-A. No, let's go after The Chosen. I mean, like, where does it stop? I mean, at some point, who gets to decide how everyone else lives? Like, it's like, who gets to impose their morality on everyone else? I am more for the idea, everyone having freedom, to choose. That doesn't mean everyone's going to choose the right thing. It doesn't mean everyone's going to be doing the right thing. It doesn't mean that I have to say that what they're doing is right. But if I give them freedom, I am defending my own freedom. The freedoms I defend are my own freedoms that I'm protecting. The freedoms I deny are my own freedoms I'm ultimately sacrificing. But it's hard to get people to think. But look at what has happened. Look at what has happened. This is absolutely uh, crazy, but just look at what has happened, okay? So we know that there's been a big push. If you've seen the videos from school board meetings where people are yelling and screaming, going, This book should not be in the library. Even though, if you usually do a little research, the book has only, <laughs> like, there was one school board meeting where everyone was yelling and screaming. There were two books that everyone wanted removed. And you go and looked, and like one of those books, the last time it had been checked out, was 10 years ago and the other one had never been checked out. And there were parents up there, we got to get rid of these books. They're going to destroy the kids. And they're like, nobody has checked these books out. And now guess what happened? Well, after that, then everyone wanted to read the book and everyone wanted to check out the book. See, that's exactly what uh, this always backfires, but it's just ridiculous how this, this whole thing has played out. Well, Listen to this. This is from medium.com. Uh, Dan Foster is the um, author. All right, here we go. Bible banned in schools as book censorship backfires big time. See, this is how it works. You go after their books, they're going to come after your books. And eye for an eye, everyone ends up blind. All right, so... What happened? Well, here we go. How Christian parents ignited a book banning revolution only to face the fallout. The recent decision to ban the Bible from elementary and middle schools in Utah has sparked controversy and debate. Those who support the decision argue that the Bible contains grotesque violence and pornographic material, making its presence unsuitable for young uh, young students. Meanwhile, critics of the decision predictably claim that removing the Bible from school infringes upon religious freedom and limits access to important cultural and historical texts. It it always, (laughs) that's always great. See, when you want to get rid of something, it's pornographic, it's violence, it's horrible. And then when someone wants to get rid of the Bible, they're like, it's violent, it's grotesque. Everyone wants to always, like, I just don't understand why, like, why do we want to do this kind of thing? Just, I want people to have freedom. I want people to have the the rights to, look, I may not like the book, but I want you to have the freedom to read the book. I may not like what you're doing, but I want you to have the freedom to do it. Why? Because I want my freedoms. I want my rights. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, you know, people are like, we've got to get these books removed from the library. And at the same time, they're, (laughs) they're supporting the Bible. Yeah, you want your children reading the end of Judges? Do you? I mean, I mean, come on, there are some serious things going on in the Bible that a kid has to try to process. Right. All right. uh, And then here's uh, the next paragraph here. This was always going to be the logical end of a book censorship war. That was primarily instigated by Christian parents trying to so-called protect, and I'm putting so-called, protect their children from the evil leftist agenda. And it's apparent attempts to indoctrinate their children with horrible things like tolerance, acceptance of difference, and the values of live and let live. Now, that's from the author. Let me read it exactly as he wrote it, because I was adding uh, added a few phrases there. So let me read it. And I quote some a direct quote. This was always going to be the logical end of a book censorship war that was primarily instigated by Christian parents trying to protect their children from the evil leftist agenda. And it's apparent attempts to indoctrinate their children with horrible things like tolerance, acceptance of difference and the value of live and let live but now the chickens have come home to roost this is always the logical conclusion i mean just i mean just think about this logically okay so let's just say okay let's say for example uh, lost people right remember there was a day that they hated Chick-fil-A and they wanted Chick-fil-A silenced and not to be able to open stores in certain locations. They were going after Chick-fil-A and Christians were screaming, cancel culture. This is not fair. It's persecution. And then Christians are like, no, we've got to shut down Target. No, we've got to shut down Disney. Now just think logically, if everyone does this, the, let's say people on the left, or you can say lost people go after things on the right, businesses on the right, Christian owned businesses. And then everyone on, like, if everyone goes after the other business, then who's left? You're going to have to have like, okay, here's two chicken places, right? Here's the chicken place for lost people. And here's the chicken place for, for saved people. Here's the chicken place for conservatives. Here's the chicken place for liberals. Like, does that not just sound ridiculous to you? if the left tries to get rid of everything on the right and everything on the right tries to get rid of everything on the left i mean d- does not everyone see like you talk about chasing vanity you talk about chasing after things of no profit to to reference uh, jeremiah because we spent 3 hours in the book of jeremiah yesterday you it's just it's just vanity of vanities meaningless 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 Everyone tries to cancel the other thing. I, I, what do you do? Like, like, I, all you, I don't understand what you're accomplishing. Like, like, oh, okay, we, you know, we got rid of Target. Woohoo! Look at us. Oh, we, we got rid of Coles. Yes, we got rid of Disney. Yay! We, we did it! We defeated human depravity. We saved. What did you do? What did you accomplish? Did anyone hear the gospel? Was was did anyone be brought to salvation? No, all you did is create a culture war that now they're going to fight back. So an eye for an eye, everyone ends up blind. Now they're going to hate you, not because of Christ. They're going to hate you because you're trying to control what they say can or do or what they can watch or not watch or all you're trying to do is hurt people. Nothing of value is coming from this. It's hard to ignore the hypocrisy displayed by some Christian parents who argue so vehemently for removing certain books that they deemed inappropriate while conveniently turning a blind eye to the violence and sexual impropriety present in the very book they hold dear, the Bible. From stories of war and genocide to instances of incest and rape, the Bible doesn't shy away from controversial topics. If we're going to sanitize the classroom, shouldn't we start by acknowledging the sordid tales within our own holy book? It's puzzling to witness these Christian parents attempting to shield their children from literature that addresses real-world issues while turning a blind eye to the morally ambiguous stories found in the Bible. Take, for instance, the story of Abraham and Isaac. In this famous biblical account, Abraham is commanded by God to sacrifice his own son, Isaac. Does blind obedience to a divine command justify the potential harm of an innocent child? Now, see, now now other people read and go, oh, no, no, you're missing the point of the story. It doesn't matter if you're missing the point of the story. The point is these stories are there, and many people could read them and go, wait, 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 so... God technically could tell me to kill my own child and I would and I, and it would be up to me to do that like other people would be like that's a messed up story you may say oh you're missing the point it's a beautiful picture of god offering his own son like you, i understand all the ways you could look at it but the point is someone could say uh, i'm not so sure about this story they offer another example. How about the morally complex tale of Lot and his daughters? Seeking refuge after the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot and his daughters find themselves in a cave. and a perplexing turn of events, the daughters get their father drunk and engage in sexual relations with him to preserve their family lineage. Consent? I don't think so. Incest and rape? By all modern definitions, yes. And when we could go on, Abraham and Hagar could be another story that we could look at. The conquest of Canaan uh, present, uh, presents yet another ethical dilemma. The Old Testament contains accounts of war, conquest, and genocide. The Israelites breeze into the Middle East, claiming divine guidance and a mandate put to possess the land. However, these narratives involve mass killing, displacement, and destroying entire communities, men, women, and children. Awkward. And I could go on and on and on. And he didn't even look at some of the the more egregious stories. They're right there. They're right there in the Bible. So obviously now keep people are going to be like, okay, well, if this is your criteria to ban books, the Bible fits fits that criteria. So the Bible has to go. So you ban their books. They ban your books. Well, Where does it end? You're going to go to the library one day. I'm sorry. We have no books because everyone has banned them all. Or here are the three books you're allowed to read. Here are the three books everyone can agree on. Like what's even the point? Just get rid of libraries. Just get rid of libraries. Just, just get rid of them all. In fact, let's just get rid of books. In fact, let's just burn books. Let's burn down businesses. Let's just silence and cancel everyone. And then we can all feel better because we won a battle in the culture wars. It's just ridiculous. It is so ignorant, immature, mindless behavior with no one thinking of it from a logical way of thinking. Now, I'm going to get some email. Are you saying a child should be able to read whatever this book or that book or this book? Obviously, there has to obviously there's certain content that we could talk about, whether it does it fit a certain age or does it not fit a certain age? I understand that that's always been the case. Right. There are certain books you have to be this age to or even going back to the 80s, you know, dating myself a little bit. You know, there were certain movies you couldn't rent at the video store without apparent approval. Right. You couldn't buy tickets to. Now, some theaters were very lax in the rules, but there were some movies you couldn't get into unless your parent bought the ticket. In some cases, they had to accompany you into the screen to to the movie. Sometimes the parent could just buy the ticket because I, I had it happen multiple. My parents let me watch anything. So sometimes my mom could just walk up and say, two tickets for this she wasn't going in they didn't ask any questions because she was purchasing the tickets sometimes they were like no you have to go and watch the movie with them it dep- depending on how it all went down but the point is is yeah i understand we can have some issues about so what ages should be able to access said book? I got no problem. Like, if you want to have that conversation, we want the book to be available, but only certain ages. So what, 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 what makes this book age appropriate to which age? Now, just remember, someone could come and go and go, I don't think a child should be able to read the Bible until they're 14. Someone can make the same argument with the Bible. So like, once again, you got to take it logically. But the thing is, if the book is in the library, first of all, ninety nine percent of the time, nobody even knows the books are in the library or even cares until Christians start making an uproar and yelling and screaming. But uh, I think the thing is, is you can say, well, for for you to be able to check out that book, you just need your uh, parent approval, and if the parent approves it, then you can check it out. That I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing to have like a a meaningful conversation about age restriction, but. Who are you to tell other people that your kids can't read that book? They can't be in the life. Who are you to make that decision? If another parent wants their child to read that book, it's none of your business. They said, well, my child could find the book. <gasps> I don't know what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I don't know. It's just it's just like it, it, I don't understand this craziness of everyone wanting to control everyone else and silence this. I've talked about talk, even like we're we're going to we're going to try to put target out of business. Why? Because they're selling products you don't want. They're selling products you don't like. Nobody's making you buy them. Nobody's making you buy them. And most, uh, like Target, Walmart, they usually have a book section. Look at all the different books there. There's probably things in those books that are absolutely horrific, horrible, sinful, ungodly. So why, do, why are you going to go after those stores unless they only sell books that you agree with? Like, it's just, you walk into a store, I don't, go to the, well, I know it's a little bit dated, but back when they used to have, you know, large sections of DVDs, do you think every movie in there was wonderful and great? No. So you just didn't buy them. If someone else wants them, then they should have the the right to, to, to buy that. And if I don't, I don't like, what is the issue Now, this is what uh, the author continues here. Now, personally, I love the Bible. I think it's a cracking good read when it's understood in its proper context. But isn't it only fair that the suitability of the Bible for children be judged against the same criteria that Christians demand secular literature be judged? Or does the Bible get a free pass because, well, it's the Bible? I mean, Why should the Bible be exempt from scrutiny while other books are subject to intense censorship? In a fair world, it isn't. So why are Christians surprised that this has happened? Why are they crying, religious persecution? That's not religious persecution. This is a classic case of reaping what you sow. It was Jesus who said something like this. For then the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Rather than living peaceably, certain Christians decide to do their level best to foist their beliefs and morals onto everyone. They engaged in an us versus them culture war. And well, in a war, the other side shoots back. One tribe tries to take ground from the other and the other resist. Battle lines are drawn. Sides are chosen. And at the end of the day, we all lose. But the Christians much more so. Why? Because in the fighting to create a safe, sanitized, Christianized world where their children will never stray from the Christian faith, Christians do not realize that they're actually telling the, t- tilling the soil for the seeds of doubt to grow in their children's lives. Let me explain. Christian parents may seek to place their children in a protective bubble away from the evil influences of the world. But research tells us that overprotecting parents downright, uh, is downright self-defeating. According uh, to the book, You've Lost Me, spiritual and overprotectiveness is actually driving young people away from the church. The research in this book shows young adults who have left the church identify these factors as reasons for their departure. 34% said the church's tendency to demonize everything outside the church was a factor. 31% said the church ignores the problems in the real world. 27% said that Christians are afraid of popular culture, especially movies, books, music, and video games. And 18% said that they're involved in social causes that the church doesn't, doesn't seem to do or, or say much about, like protecting the environment, LGBTQ advocacy, advocacy, for example. In short, many young Christians feel overprotected. Their faith is being censored out of existence. Tucked safely away from their spiritual enclaves, millions of young believers perceive that the church has kept them fearfully and detached from the world. A world, mind you, that they are called by faith in Christ to help serve and change. Right? And so they go on and add uh, a whole bunch of other things here that are very interesting, but beyond the scope of what I want to do for today's focus. Today's focus, I just want you to think about how crazy, like what is the end game here? If everyone on one side tries to boycott that side and everyone on that side tries to boycott the other side, what is left? If you try to ban their books and they try to ban your books, what books are left? What businesses are left? What world is that? And who gets to decide whose morality can be imposed on other people? It's, we live in a pluralistic society. We do not live in a theocracy. And even if you want to impose a theocracy, it's only good as long as your side has power. But the minute your side loses power... Then the other side comes in and will try to impose their theocracy with their God and their religious laws. And if you've ever, I don't know, read a book about church history, guess what happens when that happens? People start dying. Because if you because here's what happens if you're if you impose your religious law, then you will start punishing other people who don't hold to your religion. And then when they come in power, they start punishing people of your religion. And usually that means that civil government net is punishing people for so so-called religious crimes and people are being killed. And that's just insanity. I don't know why any Christian in their right mind would even want to go in that direction. If you want to change the world. Present the gospel, baptize, and disciple. If you want to find yourself in the middle of a culture war, ignore the gospel and try to impose your view by political force, by banning, by censorship, and be prepared for the other side to fight back. And all you're going to do is get a war. All you're going to do is end up hurting people, and all you're going to do is turn people against you, not because of your Jesus, but because of your trying to ban and impose your morality upon them. Giving someone the freedom to do that which you disagree with does not mean you are saying it's a right thing to do. You're just saying you have the right to do it. I have the right to say it's wrong and you have the right to say that what I'm doing is wrong. Isn't that wonderful how freedom works? You have the freedom to read that book and I have the freedom to criticize that book. I have the freedom to read this book and you have the freedom to criticize said book. I have the freedom to publish a book criticizing your book and you have the freedom to publish a book criticizing my book. Wow. You have the freedom to go into a store and buy whatever product you want that that fits your lifestyle, and I have the freedom not to buy that product right I mean like i i just I just don't understand the mentality like it's just so crazy like I don't get this fighting and bickering and and boycotting and censorship. I don't understand it. That's the culture we currently in, and I, I just wanted to. Like, now people are, tr- are going to start banning Bibles, Bibles are going to start getting pulled, and Christians are going to scream persecution. Why? I've said it before. The, the Christians created cancel culture. When everyone talks about cancel culture, Christians are the ones who created it and perfected it. And now we're going to yell and scream when someone wants to do it to us. We've been trying to do it to people forever. I can go all the way back to when I first became a Christian. And the next thing you know, wait, 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 you're trying to get rid of MTV. Oh, what is happening right now? Wait, you're trying to tell me that I should not be allowed to buy an Iron Maiden album or a Judas Priest or I mean I'm all dating bands of that time period. An Ozzy Ozzy. Whoa, whoa. Who are you to tell me what music I can buy? I remember and I and I was a brand new Christian. I'm like, you Christians have lost your mind. Like what are you doing? But and then in the '90s, same kind. It's always, it's always. Every every generation has to deal with Christians trying to silence, ban, censor, and I'm sick of it. Tired of it. I'm tired. Look, I get just as irritated if people when people on the left were trying to stop Chick Fil A's from being opened in an airport. I think it was in New York, wherever they were gonna. Like what? Just don't eat there. Like what what is the why are you going after? Like I don't understand when people on the left do it. I don't understand when people on the right do it. Now on the left, I will say this. On the left when they're trying to do it or are there lost people left, whatever terminology you want to use, it makes a little bit more sense. This is their world. This is their home. This is all they have, right? So I, I I can see them trying to create a, a kingdom in their own image. I guess I I guess it makes a little bit more sense to their ideology. But when Christians engage in it, it makes no sense. This is not our home. We are pilgrims. We are strangers here. We're just passing through. We are setting our focus. We are citizens of heaven. What we want to do is not so engage in a battle for this world, right, that we have people turn against us, not for the gospel that we are calling people to believe in, but because we're trying to somehow take over this world and, and make it so-called Christian, try to create a Christian kingdom on this world by our own force. I, that, that, that to me, it's detrimental to the entire gospel message, I can understand with them trying to impose it. But for us, we're like, no, 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 no. Look, this is not our home. This is all going to be destroyed. Here's what we want. We want you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And then once you are saved, then we will teach you to obey what God calls us to obey. There's a new standard. Here's the morality you live as a Christian. We want you to have freedom. And all we care about is us have. That's one of the great things about America. America. Is freedom. That freedom is the greatest thing. Because they that within a culture of freedom, Christians then have the ability to speak, to teach, to preach, to publish. Well, if you want that freedom, you must defend other people's freedoms. I don't want to restrict anyone's freedom. As much as humanly possible. Obviously, there's always, I know, freedom is never absolute. Obviously, for example, free speech doesn't mean you can stand up in a crowded theater and scream fire. I understand there's always limits. I understand that. I'm talking, we want as much freedom as, as possible. But eye for an eye the whole world will end up blind and the culture wars what do you end up with and the book padding world what do you end up with and the going after businesses what do you what do you end I mean what's the end game what's the end result what no books for anyone to read no actual stores for anyone to go to because we're trying to I guess shut them all down unless they uh, unless they sell only the approved products that you determine. I mean, there was a time people were calling for banning Netflix for for boycotting Netflix. So you only want a streaming service that only shows the movies you approve of like what kind of nonsense is that? Well then when the other people are like, I don't want your movies on it so then there's no streaming service like what do you want? What do you want? Like, Why do we think that we're so arrogant that we get to determine what everyone else gets to do and buy and see and watch? There's got to be a better way. There's got to be. We've got to change our thinking on all of this. An eye for an eye, the whole world ends up blind. The Bible is now being banned in some school districts. Because you reap what you sow. That is your today's focus for Monday, June the 5th, 2023.